Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Higher Ed Geek Podcast, a bonus episode number 136 uh, with Full Measure Education, talking all about digital mobile student engagement, uh, some great strategies and philosophies shared here by our two guests, uh, Chris and Rohan. Uh, so really appreciate both of them uh, reaching out to be on the show, being fans of the show, which is always uh, uh, nice to hear from folks who enjoy uh, listening and uh, yeah, just sharing all that they did. Um, uh, really an important uh, topic as uh, the hybrid university continues to proliferate uh, in this sort of quote unquote new normal uh, as more campuses are uh, opened, but also allowing for far more uh, remote learning and online uh, learning opportunities for students and faculty and uh, staff and everything. So uh, just really enjoyed this conversation. Uh, definitely is one that we could uh, talk about and explore further, and I'm sure we will. Uh, but uh, as we get ready to start the episode, uh, as always, please do check out the merch store. A lot of folks have been getting some cool stuff there. Uh, really does help support the show. Uh, so you can find a link to that in the description of this episode. Uh, and I uh, always like to see when folks get their stuff too. So feel free to uh, tag us on social media once you get uh, get your gear. Uh, but as always, thank you for listening to this bonus episode number 136 with Full Measure Education. All right. I am excited for this uh, episode today. It's uh, with a few folks who I've uh, been seeing pop up on uh, my social feeds a little bit more and more recently. So uh, it's always a good signal for me just to... Uh, explore more of what they're doing, what they're thinking about. Uh, so I'm really grateful for this opportunity. Uh, talking more, just I think broadly, uh, I'd say it's uh, kind of fair to say uh, digital engagement, but there's a lot under that umbrella, and we're going to get into those nuances uh, a bit more in this conversation. So uh, we will start out, as we always do, with introductions, professional journeys. Uh, we have two amazing guests with us here today, uh, but we'll start out with you, Rohan, if you want to uh, give everybody your brief intro and your professional journey of how you got to be where you are today. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, first of all, thank you so much for having us on. Um, I'm a longtime listener, so it feels very surreal to be able to talk with you today. Um, so as you mentioned, uh, I, I joined the Full Measure team actually very recently, about five weeks ago. Uh, prior to that, I was actually in higher ed for quite some time. So predominantly worked in residence life, institutional research, um, and I was kind of the uh, ed tech guru whenever I was going for a while. And that's actually how I started falling in love with data and essentially data empowered work. Um, so recognizing that I joined the field to do whatever I can to help out our higher education and ensure that we're able to develop greater practice for our students. Um, that's actually where I got introduced in ed tech. I joined the campus labs team um, and I predominantly worked within the product team as well as customer success. And most recently, I learned about Full Measure. Um, and I was incredibly excited that there was a team that was truly student-centered. And uh, for a little bit now, I've been serving as the director of Kimba Visit Experiences. So essentially a subject matter expert like Chris on the product team. And very excited to, to be here um, with you and with listeners as well. Um, also a longtime fan of your, your, uh, of your show. Um, I'm, as Rohan uh, mentioned, I am a, also a subject matter expert at Full Measure um, with the title of Director of Campus Experience. And I, um, somebody who have, has for my whole life worked in um, universities until recently, I came to the U.S. as an international student and had every possible student job and fell in love with, U with U.S. higher education and then continued on to as, as so many have, uh, uh, do a master's in higher ed and then worked in a few different schools, uh, was part of setting up a university in the Middle East, and then have been back in the U.S. Um, for the last seven years, 
um, working primarily in student housing. And earlier this year, I learned about Full Measure and fell in love with um, its vision and um, decided to make the switch to the, to the um, ed tech sector. And I have been loving it ever since and both for the work that we do and for working with colleagues like, like Rohan that uh, pushed me to continue to learn and, and uh, understand our, our clients and our students better. So thank you again for having us. Yeah, yeah. I'm super happy to have the time and space here and appreciate you both for listening to the show, of course. And uh, yeah, just uh, really cool to hear too about uh, how both of you kind of came to this point and working uh, in higher ed tech. And uh, obviously it's a story that I share as well. But um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I've been seeing more about Full Measure. That's obviously, uh, you know, the work that you all are doing is kind of what we're uh, exploring a bit today. But uh, really quick, if you want to, uh, Chris, you'll take this one. Just explain a bit what Full Measure does exactly. So Full Measure is an educational technology company that is based in, in Washington, D.C. And um, our goal is to uh, redefine the, the student experience through mobile communication technologies. Um, we are ready in, in over 500 colleges and in US and Canada, and with the goal of delivering personalized mobile first communications across the, the life cycle. And so we um, work with admissions offices, uh, campus visits, campus tours, um, student housing and residence life offices, all the way to, um, to colleagues that plan graduation. And our platform combines um, a text message, a text message delivery, um, a simple and nimble um, website, um, um, uh, uh, web page content, um, as well as heavy data uh, analytics to inform um, university staff members that use our platform. And so um, with all these different elements, we, we hope to really help universities um, continuing their journey of being mobile first um, as they engage current incoming students, as well as, as um, other stakeholders like family members um, and the, the communities around them. Yeah, that's great. I mean, because I think, you know, the default or sort of like basic approach right now is that like, well, if you build a good like website that's, you know, made for the web and you kind of, you know, make it mobile enabled, you know, at least just looks good on somebody's phone. But, you know, you all are focusing on as like, yeah, mobile first and sort of tailoring solutions uh, towards that experience uh, is just really great for me because I think it's just, you know, in the continuing frontiers of evolving uh, kind of digital engagement, and everything, uh, definitely an area worthy of uh, more kind of innovation and everything. So uh, Rohan, you take this one. Uh, so with all that being said, obviously, you know, why is mobile engagement so important, especially now from your perspective? Yeah, you really hit on the head here. Um, so biggest piece that we always talk about is access. And that's immediately what comes to mind when I think about why mobile technology and innovation is so incredibly important. Um, first and foremost, we're truly meeting students where we're at. Uh, we really pride ourselves in making sure that we're doing an audit of all these big milestones, as well as big obstacles that a student faces. And what can we do at full measure to make sure that we're connecting with them and making sure they have the right resources. Um, but in terms of connecting with them, it seems most native to be able to connect with them via mobile technology. 
Um, and it's not just a matter of convenience. I truly think in terms of access, there is a significant number of students, um, both traditional and non-traditional students, um, who are only using mobile technology to access the internet. So uh, I believe it's as of like early 2021, there was research done where 27% of adults living in households earning less than 30,000 a year are smartphone only internet users. So when I talk to folks on campus, it's really about ensuring that your content and your information and your insights are able to be accessed. Um, and it's a severe bummer whenever a student goes to a website and it's not mobile friendly, like you said, it's kind of inherently telling them that this may not be the place for you, which is never something a college professional would ever say. Um, and not surprisingly, I think it's like 92, 93% of users are accessing the internet from a smartphone. Um, so let alone the fact that we're really just trying to access uh, the content from there, but in terms of ensuring that your voice and your content is truly reaching your full demographic and increasing that level of accessibility to higher education, um, it's incredibly important for us to make sure that this is mobile-friendly content. Yeah. Um, well, and I think that's something that comes up a lot in my mind, too, is like just any time... Because yeah, I think we can all think about that, you know, like one, if we have a quick question, we're pulling out our phone to look it up, like, uh, and if you hit a wall with anything that you're looking for, you know, it, you obviously could be like, all right, well, let me like use a different, you know, word in my search or let me, you know, browse around the website and see if maybe it's on a different page or something. But like, you know, just that amount of friction of like, you search for something, you pull up a page, you can't find it. Often like people might just, give up. So you would want to make sure that, you know, uh, the information is at people's fingertips that they're looking for. And, you know, they're informed and connected with and engaged, uh, you know, where they're spending a lot of their time and where, you know, they can be reached at any time. And um, yeah, it's just so important. Yeah, especially now. And, and I know too, like, I think just thinking a little bit more kind of in the online education space, like, as more universities are sort of eyeing you know, uh, as they have been obviously for, for many years, but like international students and maybe, you know, marketing more towards that, uh, audience, like, you know, mobile is huge in terms of just like internet access, uh, internationally as I understand it. So, um, oh, yeah. I couldn't agree more. I, I think whenever, especially when we talk about international students, um, I used to work at the university of South Carolina and there is a huge portion of our undergraduate and graduate students that were coming from international populations. Um, and they 100% were trying to access our materials um, through mobile devices. And even when they're on campus, they're asking immediately, uh, where do I find this from my phone? What app do I download? Like they were ready to jump right on board. Um, so it's definitely important to understand just where our folks are at. And I'm totally guilty of exactly what you said. If I'm trying to find something and I hit a wall on my phone, I probably won't take the time to go back to my computer and remember to look it up later on. Yeah. Well, and that like is everything like, you know, you, you've sort of highlighted and, you know, can try to set up a little bit of a, a segue here, I guess, uh, you know, kind of the whole student life cycle, you know, it could be a student trying to request information about a program or figuring out what they're registering for next term or how do they apply for graduation. You're hitting those walls and, you know, it at best delays the process, but at worst, you know, just derails it and they just give up. But uh, so, yeah, we've talked about why it's important, you know, okay. This is implemented. It's there. Uh, you know, uh, we'll start with you, Rohan. I'll go to you, Chris. Just to give you both an opportunity for this one from your different perspectives and everything. What are you seeing as sort of the outcomes of your work? So, that, you know, you've got this mobile engagement strategy in place. 
you know, what, what are the outcomes that you see? Absolutely. So one of my favorite things in my role, and I think Chris and I definitely resonate with this a lot, is making sure that we're connecting with our folks we're working with and learning from them because we know the learning is never done. Um, we're incredibly thirsty learners at that. Uh, but because we're on the unique space of being from higher ed, but also sitting in the product team, we want to make sure the product is evolving based on the outcomes that our campuses um, and our colleagues need to achieve. So I can think of two examples. Um, one, when I got a chance to sit down and talk to North Central, um, they have our accepted student experience. And essentially it's that gateway when a student is able to accept and learn more about what the process is, and the next steps are. Um, so a lot of their metrics rely on open rates and how long they're watching content and how that compares to the content that's online, unlike the actual computer. Um, so a lot of their original interests were coming from, we just want students to be able to see and engage with their content. And that it was so frequent that they would send out countless emails and hope that they would get a response. Um, and they recognized they really needed to switch their uh, mode of communication. And as soon as they moved over to our tool set, they're immediately seeing a huge uptick in folks responding. Um, and students were honest with them. They were saying that we just aren't checking our email as often. Um, but as soon as you got a text message uh, with very easy to access information of what my next steps are, um, I was a first-gen student. So I recognize this a lot. Like I didn't know what I didn't know. I had no idea where to get started once I got accepted. Um, and he was very much like drinking from a fire hose. And the fact that we're able to kind of dispel that down for the students there to say, here's literally a checklist on your phone, ready to go. Here's a text message to get you started. Um, here's some reminder messages we want to send out because certain deadlines are approaching. Um, it made it for much easier communication and process. Um, and frankly, a lot of students were just overjoyed that the institution took that initiative to make this process as easy as possible. Um, I also think of Colorado State, who we've been working with, um, and ironically, uh, Chris and I just came back from NACAC in which we got to connect with a lot of folks over there. Um, but CSU was recognizing that despite having all these offerings online, they set up like a virtual map online so students can engage with what's going on. Um, a big piece of what they're missing in the visit experience, um, knowing that they moved to a virtual space, was that one-on-one -on -one connection, that personalization. Um, and frankly, their students miss being able to tell their stories. So they completely moved to our campus visit experience. Uh, which we highly encourage that instead of putting up those like highly paid marketing videos, give your students the opportunity to just take a selfie video, share their story, talk about their favorite place on campus and put that into the tour. So when a student is going through that tour through a virtual medium, um, they feel like they're connecting with students on campus. They get to see someone who looks like them, talks like them, sounds like them um, and get a more authentic understanding. So from one end, um, she was immediately seeing anecdotal feedback of a lot of folks felt more connected. They felt like they weren't being jipped out of experience if they couldn't come to campus. Um, and we know that not everyone can always come for a campus visit. It's definitely a luxury. Um, but it was fantastic to see that I think it was like over 50% of their tours were taken during off hour time. So the times that tours aren't even offered in person. Um, and there was about 11,000 tours taken since the start of the year. Uh, which was incredibly larger than what they've done beforehand. Um, so it was fantastic for them to see numbers that back up just positive narratives that they're hearing on campus. It, some of the other pieces to to share as well in terms of, of outcomes. Um, I think the the first one is that as Rohan was 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 talking about this this aspect of um, um, 
unique experiences, students sharing with students. Um, brings me to, to one example with Kennesaw State University, which they brought up several times that using um, text messaging and um, our, our mobile uh, interface um, have brought them closer to speaking like a student, to speaking to what um, a incoming high school student may want to be communicated um, uh, or even their family members um, are wanting to be communicated like that. So for example, in our uh, mobile acceptance letter, um, a student is receiving a text message to tell them that they've been admitted or accepted to, to a community college or to a university. And, um, you know, usually I would say people of my gener my generation, if I could say that, uh, somebody who started university in 2000 uh, until a few years ago, and some schools are still doing this, sending um, printed letters um, to admit students. While that is, there's a beauty in, in that. Um, there's also a, a beauty in um, understanding that the students of today, as Rohan was, was talking about, they want information um, right now and they communicate via their smartphone. And so why not um, tell students about their admittance um, through a text message and inviting them to begin their, their journey to immediately deposit it, to immediately register, to immediately apply for, for housing without having to wait weeks uh, uh, until they get their, their admissions letter. And so Kennesaw State University is one of the, the examples um, of schools that have talked, with, uh, talked to us a lot about that, of, of being able now to communicate like a student and also then to understand how those students that they're, they're admitting, that they're accepting, um, are engaging with content immediately. And so the, the interaction of, uh, of the, the, the student, possible incoming student, with data by the buttons that they've clicked, by the engagement that they've had, is informing them. It's making their um, their admissions operations even more data driven. And um, I think it's important to note too that some of the the results are not some of the outcomes, some of the results of our work are not just data, data, data. Right? It's it's not just um, adding to this, but also to helping make um, some of these elements of, of, of college, of transition to university, transition to college, less daunting. So, you know, for example, one of our, the experiences that we have is called the, the campus moving experience. And the intention of, of that is to help reduce the, the stress and the, all the different pieces that relate to somebody planning, preparing, all the way to them arriving to a university campus for, for that, that fall or spring to move in and so Caldwell University one of our one of our first uh, adopters has talked about how um, both during um, you know during the the heavy COVID time last year as well as this year still uh, dealing with the return full return to campus having a framework of communications focused around moving to students and their families has helped um, ensure that there was a moment around that uh, that experience that it was something to be looked uh, forward to and um, was was being supported both in the student side and in the staff side with uh, with some framework so and, uh, and i just want to bring something back that that you talked about in the beginning this and um, that we've been seeing a good results also at um, at san bernardino valley college in in california 
is this idea of simplifying access to key resources, simplifying access to key information. Um, I love visiting university websites um, specifically to find out if I, if I was a student applying to that school or trying to find how to reach the writing center or how to reach the, you know, a, a, a traditional a key resource for first year students, you know, how easily I would find that. And I, I'm, I'm known to call universities or colleges and ask about these resources and see what, what happens. But it's, it's so common that key resources are buried after page, after welcome pages, after tons of texts that explain um, um, how a school functions, but really don't mean anything for a student who wants to find out how to schedule a writing center appointment. And so that, that's also another outcome and result that we're finding is that when we help a school simplify access to key resources, we have something called a resource kit that um, students can engage with via text message and, and via our mobile platform where they they can get access to those key elements that are very related, directly related to uh, their academic success. Yeah, it's just great stuff. I appreciate you sharing all those uh, kind of anecdotes from uh, partners and everything. Because I think, yeah, I mean, there's just so much to it about yeah, again, just the different applications, but just like, I think how fundamental this is of just like, people need answers to questions, like people need to get in touch with people to help them with, you know, any number of things as they're uh, studying at the university. I mean, it's just a very complex experience and a complex ecosystem, you know, it's a little city. So like, you know, all these different offices and people and things to do and all of that. And I think, uh, yeah, I mean, it's like no fault of anyone's own where it's just like, yeah, like, a website is, you know, got a lot of things that it's been asked to do, you know, so it can be hard to, you know, uh, optimize it in the way of just like, you know, what you can do with uh, sort of a mobile experience or, you know, an application, different things. And then, you know, that they aren't ignoring or, you know, uh, kind of deliberately avoiding doing something. It's just, you know, there's a lot of noise and it could be hard to uh, know exactly like, where and what to do and how. Um, so yeah, like being able to kind of nudge people uh, with texting and different things like that, like a mobile notification. Um, yeah, all, all good stuff. I think, yeah, just like simplifying, streamlining, making things more accessible. And uh, yeah, sometimes it's hard to yeah like capture that exactly. Um, you know, you can try to get different like student satisfaction scores, but yeah, just kind of the level of of care and uh, lessening friction. Uh, yeah, I feel like it's always uh, time well spent. So, um, you know, we've talked a lot, obviously, just kind of the value of this sort of work, but uh, obviously you do need to probably do some convincing on the front end. So um, it's just something that's kind of been on my mind a bit, you know, because I think there's always an, an assumption of just sort of the ubiquitousness of, you know, digital tools and strategies and different things like that. But, you know, there can be a little bit of hesitation or resistance and stuff. So, um, Rohan, we'll go to you for this one, but like, you know, what do you do to kind of push past or sort of work through any of the hesitation around like investing in a tool like this? Yeah, super valid. Um, especially in the past two years, I know a lot of folks have felt like they've been throwing spaghetti at a wall and hoping something sticks. Um, and it's been a lot of trial and error back and forth to try to figure out what works. And as soon as we come along and say, invest here and spend some more time here, um, time that you don't feel like you have. It's definitely super understandable that there would definitely be some fr friction there. 
Um, so I'll speak more holistically and then I'll kind of get into some specifics that we usually talk about. Um, at the end of the day, I think that uh, every higher education professional is working incredibly hard. And unfortunately, the past two years have felt like do more with less. Uh, so it's all about trying to make sure that you have a mechanism in which to scale your efforts. Uh, you also want to have something in place, whatever that may be, in order to assess the impact of the work you're doing so that you can truly make data-informed decisions. Um, if we're simply working incredibly hard and having no insight in terms of impact and value it is bringing to students, um, we're exhausting ourselves for no reason. We need to keep iterating. We need to keep adapting and modifying our approach so that we can adapt to the changing and evolving needs of students. Um, obviously, something that we tried to do 10 years ago is not relevant for the incoming class right now. So whatever you're doing, you have to make sure you have something in place to assess the impact of what you're doing. Um, and that typically happens within a lot of different tools that we talk about. So in terms of trying to make sure you can scale your efforts, um, I know with a lot of folks I've talked to, they would love to sit down with every single student that is interested in coming to their campus, learning about their individual interests and being able to take them on like a personal tour and take them around campus and explore different options that they know will be valuable to them. Um, but realistically, that is just not possible. There's not enough people, there's not enough students, there will never be a one-to-one -one connection with literally everybody who walks through your doors. So um, I've loved to explore different EdTech options that provide some personalization. Um, I'm excited to say that a lot of our tools do that as well, so that a student can begin to indicate some of their interests, what they're hoping to pursue, um, and begin to have some customized results coming in. So I think, Dustin, you said it perfectly. There's a lot of noise. Um, I felt a lot of noise when I went through my process. I've seen students that I've worked with experience a lot of noise. So whatever we can do to begin to bring that down, you're truly doing the service to your students. Um, the other thing I like to remind folks is whenever you're implementing something new, it's very rare that you have to start from scratch. Um, at least I hope that anything that you're implementing, you don't feel like you're starting from scratch. Most likely you've done a lot of this work already. You have some of this documented from the work you've done beforehand. Um, and it's always about working with your, um, your counterparts at the respective company you're working with or the representative you happen to be working with to do almost like an archeological dig of what exists. Um, so as I mentioned, I oversee our campus visit experience. Um, the first thing I always do is kind of do an audit of their campus site, as well as any offerings they may have put online, because most likely a lot of those pieces are already there. Um, and it's just about being able to transfer that over. And in terms of like videos and multimedia and pieces like that, that it's worth adding. Um, I always say partner with your students. Um, at the end of the day, your students truly are your best storytellers. Um, I know our folks are really excited to be able to partner with them. And frankly, everyone who I've talked to at NACAC has always said that our students are our best guys. Our students give the best perspective. Our students give the best honesty. Um, so by empowering your students that you get the chance to work with, you get to begin working with folks um, that are helping make your life a little bit easier um, and allow you to focus on different areas of your role in terms of making sure that you're truly assessing impact and making sure that it's good work that you're doing. Um, so I think it really just boil down, boils down to work smarter, not harder, um, and make sure that you can prove uh, the impact of what you're doing and that we all know that hired professionals are working incredibly hard and it's important that they have clear data and documentation that proves to the impact of all the work that they're doing.
I, I just keep thinking more about it because I think the the long term sustainability for like, you know, there's still so much work to be done around implementing all of these kind of things that, you know, I mean, digital engagement matters to all students and, uh, you know, there's just so much that goes into the online student experience and just modernizing just the student experience in general and everything. So I appreciate you kind of talking about uh, sort of your strategies and the things that you're uh, thinking about as you uh, work towards implementation for uh, these sort of tools. So um, Chris, we'll go to you for this one. Uh, what do you see the future holding for your work here? Um, I'll kind of just leave it as a broad open-ended question. So whatever comes to mind. Yeah. Well, um, there's there, there's so much and there's so many so many places that we can go with with this, um, but I think one to start with one key aspect for for us and and Rohan and I have talked about this at length and it's part of our part of our constant conversation is is how do we stay current with our communication channels and with our technology right uh, because. You have always you always have to be thinking about what what is happening right now in in the areas that you're not engaging with or you're not connecting with, and what's happening. What's going to be the next um, channel of communication? What's you know is there some overload happening somewhere, and this is causing a push somewhere else? So um, you know uh, right now there's there, there's so much happening. For example, at, with TikTok. Right, and uh, I would say maybe about a year ago or a year and a half ago, um, people would be in higher ed, you know, might have been laughing at just at TikTok videos and, and just making fun of that, and and would never consider that it would be a communication platform. And today we're working with a with an integration um, with TikTok where um, individuals learning. A, you know about a about a university campus. Um, they would be able to launch into our our platform to to engage with uh, university um, resources, university content, and so that's something that we have to be. We when I say we, I don't mean just staff members at Full Measure. I mean we that work in the higher ed sector, both from university and and private sector. Um, have to stay in touch with what's what's happening already and what's coming next, what's going to be the next trend. So I, I think that's that's one piece. Um, I also think that we need to continue to um, think about and expand our understanding of the 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 what we're calling right the the, the non-traditional college student. Right. So, what's how is the adult learner communicating? Um, what do they want? Uh, what kind of courses? What kind of communication? How simple they want their information? And also, how how is it that the the as I was saying before the um, the new the future high school student the one that is you know um, uh, has lived a few years with Zoom and their accessibility to um, a web-based education is already there, right? So we have to be we have to be thinking about how um, the the our tools are going to be serving those um, students in the coming years. Um, and um, something that um, Rohan has been has been working very closely in his area too about 
um, adding and increasing our um, relationship with um, with other organizations, not just um, universities, not just other technology companies, but nonprofit organizations focused on access, um, high school uh, guidance counselor organizations, um, anyone that's focusing on improving um, access to as well as um, retention and success of students. So we're we're constantly talking to other companies, to other organizations to see what are people doing out there? What's working? What's working in the small scale? Can that be replicated? Can we help scale that up? Uh, and can we partner? So, um, you know, the, the this this aspect of constantly learning, constantly talking about what's out there, um, where we're going next, is part of our work. Is something that that not just us here, but uh, our colleagues in in the product development area, in the technology development, engineering, and full measure are very uh, eager um, to discuss. And it's part of our conversations is what should we be learning? Who should we be talking to? Not just in the higher ed sector, but what's working well? You know, is there something in the restaurant restaurant industry that we need to be focused? That need to be he- hearing a little bit more about that could make an impact into our work. What's Amazon doing? What are other technology companies in other countries doing to? engage with um, with individuals and can we learn from that and infuse that in our work so um, i would say that that's a little bit about what um, what we focus on and what we what we hope to be um, working on um, and in the last part i think kind of to bring it back to our work we're, we will continue to expand our our reach into into other parts of the higher ed um, university experience, right? I've mentioned admissions, campus visits, um, student housing, graduations, but there are several adjacent areas too, right? Parent and family relations, um, uh, student activities, um, athletic events, um, other involvement in, in academic support and, and um, first-year experience. So the, all those those smaller areas are all aspects that we're um, working on and branching into. Um, based on that, that piece that, we, that I already talked about, which is the um, continued understanding and improvement of how people communicate and what are they communicating about. Yeah, well, the thing that just keeps swirling in my mind is like that, you know, that's, you know, everything in education is, but then especially so this, like, it's just so like human, you know, like it's just people, you know, likely needing to get help from other people or like, you know, students kind of sharing their experiences with each other. And we're just sort of, you know, optimizing that or sort of tailoring it and uh, serving it up uh, to folks. So um, yeah, there's always going to be new strategies and ways and platforms uh, to do that. But um, that's so at the core of it, because yeah, without that, it's like, yeah, you're just kind of looking at, you know, maybe just kind of a cold uh, webpage. Like it might be very well designed and look pretty cool, but like, uh, being able to have that uh, human piece and being able to make it easy yeah, for somebody to schedule time uh, with someone or yeah, watch a video where they're speaking about their experiences or um, any of those things. So um, yeah, always interesting to see uh, uh, yeah, what new interesting tools uh, I definitely got uh, I don't know, brainwashed into uh, TikTok. Uh, my wife got me into it, but uh, uh Yes, it's like that's kind of, so, so, <laughs> that my case as well. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's definitely the the thing of the moment. Uh, that's for sure. So, um, great. Well, uh, I mean, on 
TikTok or otherwise, I guess uh, um, we'll stick with you for this, Chris. And then Rohan, if you have anything you want to share too, but um, always just like to hear resources, you know, books, podcasts, articles, anything uh, and everything that you just would want to give a tip of the hat to that we can include in the show notes. Obviously we have ways to uh, connect with each of you and the work that you all are doing, but uh, yeah, anything else that comes to mind? Well, I'll, I'll just share a couple of things that I know Rohan has a lot more, um, more pieces to, to share, but um, I, uh, you know, I have an eight-month-old son, so I feel like this past year, um, my higher ed listening and reading has been more focused on uh, on parenting podcasts and parenting reading. But um, I've um, one book that's been great that I read this past year was Unacceptable by, by Melissa Korn. And I'm talking about the the USC admissions uh, scandal and. Um, really learned a lot about, about the, you know, those, uh, that, that story and adjacent uh, stories. Um, and then I, one podcast that I'm always excited to listen to is uh, Future You with, uh, with Jeff Salingo. So, but I know Rohan has a, has a, a whole list um, to, to share with us. Yeah, I, I can't say how much I've loved working with Chris because I think we're both just very, very eager learners. <laughs> so we always try to share any articles and podcasts that we find along the way. Um, obviously, this one, I, like, I'm truly not kidding. I've been listening to you all for a while. So it's been fantastic to hear about what is happening in higher ed. Um, I also love to listen to the Ed Up Experience podcast, um, the Higher Ed Social podcast, Future You podcast. Um, Chris turned me on to the collective good um, and just a random thing that I started doing since joining the team. Um, I just set up Google alerts um, to keywords like campus visit, virtual visit um, and other things that are relevant to what we're talking about. And it's nice to just get like an immediate subscription of what is happening in the world as three quick Google searches every day into my inbox. So that's been great. Um and I'm trying to think. Um, oh, and then Chris definitely just turned me on to a book, um, Unacceptable, uh, that is now on my list. Um, but yes, I'm, I'm very, very happy to be working with somebody who's also just a huge nerd like me. <laughs> yes, we're all, we're all in good company here. Uh, uh, yeah, all geeky, nerdy for higher ed and ed tech and all that good stuff. But um, yeah, and just, uh, yeah, a lot of those are podcasts I listen to as well. And just, uh, yeah, lots of great stuff for folks to uh, check out in the show notes. So thank you both for sharing all that. Uh, but we will wrap up as we always do. If there's a final thought, reflection, call to action uh, on this topic that you want to end the episode with, we'll start with you, Rohan, and then uh, go to you, Chris, to close it out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I always try to point it back to you know working smarter, not hard, harder. Um, I, I think back to my own master's program um, back when I was in Jersey, and I, I recognize that I never really took a stats course. Like that was never part of my master's program. Um, I did in my undergrad, but it was never really a requirement to get a master's in higher ed to have that data analysis component or that stats component. Um, and that was just for me. I'm not saying that exists across the board. Um, but when working with a lot of colleagues, a lot of them resonated with that reality of, you know, we weren't immediately uh, trained within our master's program to begin to use data, but data is so incredibly important to the impact that we're doing. Um, it was incredibly important when I worked in student affairs, um, specifically in that it was so imperative to not just have anecdotal evidence um, that those testimonials were incredibly important from students, but we needed data to show the impact of the work that we're doing. 
Um, so whatever means that may be, whatever you may be using to measure it, um, we know, and I've worked with colleagues who are working in incredibly hard, incredibly long hours, um, it's very, very important you have something in place to measure the impact of what you're doing, um, just so you can share with your colleagues and also just kind of share back with students that we're doing our best to kind of learn, but here are ways in which we can begin to learn more from you. Um, so by engaging students in that process and allowing for a more transparent mode of communication, it truly helps us do our work better um, and essentially just be better stewards of data for our students. Um, so I'm excited to be at a company that truly does put students at the center of everything they do. Um, and I'm excited to be on this journey to continue to help out higher ed as much as I can. I think about a lot about access um, and access in design. Um, so I, I would highly encourage anyone listening to, to our conversation here today to um, think about how their services, how their tools, how their resources, how their websites um, are, are designed, not just from a technology perspective, but also a, 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 but mainly about content and use case perspective. Um, you know, um, it, it's frequent the conversation that I have with, um, you know, whether they're, they're, they're just friends, peers, colleagues, or, or partners, clients about, um, you know, understanding if they have a purpose in mind with what they're doing with the technology that they're using to engage. And so um, I feel that if we can continue to ask that question, why is it that we're using this? Why is it that we're putting all this content on the website? Why is it that we're overloading with stories on websites? If our, our for, for many people, the big question is we're trying to improve access, we're trying to improve retention, we're trying to improve completion, right? Um, are we answering that question with what we're providing or do we need something different? Um, are we using the data, the, the data points, all the data elements that Rohan has mentioned um, to improve that understanding of how we do things? Or are we just throwing something together and making it available because, um, you know, people who have gone to university years ago and now continue to work in, a, in, in, in higher ed um, believe that it's the right way to do it. So uh, it's, um, yeah, I, th I think we have to keep asking ourselves these questions of access. Is it working? Is it not working? Who is it for? Who is it reaching? And is it working? Love this topic. Would love to continue to talk about it. Um, I hope that um, anyone listening to, to, to the podcast, engaging with us, um, can have similar, similar discussions with colleagues in, in, on their campuses. So thank you so much. That's obviously the hope to, yeah, like people keep the conversation going, but uh, I think it's great points to end on, you know, uh, data and its value to inform us and make sure that we're uh, intentional around uh, the purpose of things that we do. Because like you said, uh, without it, uh, you can have these websites kind of spinning out of control or, you know, just uh, going through things kind of haphazardly. And because uh, I think I see a lot of times where information, you know, may be out there, but you can only search for the page. You can't actually find it like, you know, in a menu somewhere or anything. So it's like, uh, yeah, keeping things lean and clear and concise and uh, accessible, which like, I mean, we've done an episode in the past around like, I mean, getting really in on like, what does accessibility mean? Like there's so much in there that you want to do to make sure things are uh, accessible to as many people. And then just again, like the human component. And we've done episodes on that too, of just the benefit of making sure that all students are 
you know, engaged and part of a community, but also making informed choices. If they're talking with a peer and they hear, you know, what they've enjoyed and not about their experience genuinely, then, you know, you're making sure that people are going to a place that does feel like it's a fit for their values and priorities and, you know, the goals that they have. So, um, yeah, there, there's so much here. Uh, I'm, I, and yeah, we could definitely talk about it for a lot, much longer, but uh, we'll wrap it up here. And I'm so glad that we had the time uh, together to talk about as much uh, as we did. I think it's just good food for thought for folks to think through their uh, mobile digital engagement strategies for their students. And uh, yeah, I'm definitely all for it because I've definitely seen a lot of great results uh, myself, even just, you know, having. Uh, the ability to text with students like it's like that's just like one sort of piece of the puzzle here but uh uh yeah so thank you both so much for your time and uh, again we'll have ways to connect with you and all that you mentioned in the show notes uh, as usual but uh, thank you so much for hanging out thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast make sure to rate review and subscribe so you never miss an episode thanks again for listening and we'll see you in the next episode of the higher ed geek podcast